We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. So welcome to episode 115 of the Beyond 90 podcast. This is Eric Subihano hosting uh, this evening at the time of recording, filling in for Cheryl Downs, who uh, has been very, very busy with all the wonderful things that she does. And she does need a bit of a break. We're happy to grant her that, of course. And we hope that everything is going well with you, Cheryl. So we're down to a trio this evening, thanks to um, other sporting commitments. And I... Uh, very appropriately, given I'm wearing a Canberra United jersey, I'm joined by uh, our Canberra or the, our Canberra raised dynamic duo. So, firstly, Stefan Mobus, uh, good evening to you, sir. Evening, folks. How are we going? Uh, I'm doing well. So, firstly, what's uh, well? I will, we will get to the major points of your weekend, of course, in a little bit. But like, just more broadly, how has your weekend been in football or otherwise? Uh, good. Yeah, watched the um, the LSK game last night from Norway and went to a an amazing um, preliminary final game in Capital Football's mm-hmm. women's competition, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, I got tired reading your tweets of that game. That was <laughs> definitely something. And also, uh, other uh, Canberra-raised expert now living in Sydney, at, just like myself, uh, Dale Roots. How has the weekend in football otherwise been? I mean, expert is very kind of you, but it yes. was uh, it was lovely. Uh, my WSL team got a win. Um, the team that I disliked the most in the WSL was the team that they beat, and therefore all is well in the world. Oh, um, but yeah. yeah, other than that, it's been uh, it's pretty pretty quiet on the home front. No no top flight uh, New South Wales football, so I didn't get to watch anything uh, live this week, unfortunately. Yeah, it is that, and hopefully, but it is not too long before we can fix that. But of course, the return of our beloved A League Women competition, and for myself, uh, I finally. Uh, finished my commentary season, which started early March. Um, I was calling the second division uh, women's competition in New South Wales, the grand final for that, Football New South Wales League One Women's, a game that went to extra time. And big congratulations to Gladesville Ravens, our friends from the Arctic Circle, also known as Christy Park, uh, defeating Hills United by a goal to nil. And it was their captain, Zoe Zacek, who scored the winner in extra time. So uh, there's that. I also managed to interview a well-beloved player to all three of us. I won't say who, but let's just say um, her mother is a very good hairdresser and uh, we will and uh, that interview that article will be up on beyond 90s uh, channels in the coming weeks but enough about that let's get on to a traditional history lesson and matching the episode number two the Matilda with the same cap number so episode 115 means cap 115 Zoe Nolan so uh, Matilda's debut in 2002 and uh, two appearances for our national team. Uh, Zoe was a midfielder and a veteran of the WNSL, also known as the ANSET Summer Series. So uh, played two seasons with ITC Victoria and then five seasons with uh, Queensland Sting, or who are at various times also known as uh, QAS Sting. So wherever uh, Zoe, are, Zoe is, we hope certainly that everything's going well with you and that you're finding fulfillment, whether it be footballing 
wise or in other areas of life. Now, uh, let's get on to the news. And despite Cheryl not being here, she's um, very kindly uh, been filling the pod notes with information while I was uh, busy enjoying myself in um, the South Coast for the World Cycling Championships. So first, um, first cab off the rank, so to speak, in terms of news is the list of team base camps for next year's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm going to uh, throw to you, uh, Stefan, first, because I think before we started recording, you had you you had one very uh, main and obvious take about something missing from these the list of these venues. Yes, um, probably no surprise. Um, Canberra's missed out. So uh, a couple of years ago, the ACT government declined to put their hand up to uh, host any uh, World Cup games. Uh, and the promise at that stage was that uh, the government would um, support becoming a base for uh, at least one of the teams training for the World Cup. But uh, it was announced this week that uh, due to cost, um, apparently they were going to have to pay $100,000 to pay for flights for teams to come in and out of Canberra. Um, and they're just not saying that's value for money. I guess if they'd bid for the games in the first place, they wouldn't have had to uh, pay that particular cost. Um, the other factor is that uh, while they've put in uh, three name three uh, venues in the hat for hosting games, um, the the one that was always touted, which is the new home of football at Throsby, has been delayed uh, until at least 2024. Um, probably a fair bit to do with the uh, with the light rail project here, um, taking up a lot of a lot of the available funding. So. Um, uh, bad news for Canberra fans. We we will have to travel to have any sort of uh, look see at the World Cup, unfortunately. So um, yeah, not so great. Apparently, there was some kind of federally funded sporting institute that has very good <laughs> facilities in the national capital that they could potentially play or have training camps at, and has hosted Matilda's training camps as recently as last year. It is. Um, it's yes. a bit of a bummer. It's it is funny though, looking like looking through some of these. Um, obviously, from a New South Wales point of view, or a Sydney-based point of view, looking at some of these like suggestions and being like, really, like yes. Marconi yeah. Stadium, yeah, a venue uh, rich in history but poor in the fact that it has a foot deep hole in its center circle. Um, there's some good ones there. I mean, Wanderers Football Park and and um, VSP make a lot of sense. Campbelltown Sports Stadium is interesting because there's actually an athletics uh, facility out the back of that. So um, there's two stadia, there's two uh, pitches there if they want to use them. Um, but yeah, a couple of other ones. Uh, obviously, the list is up online, but there's Macedonia Park, home of the Perth Glory men's team for the majority of this season. Yep. Um, and you've also got uh, Ballarat Shepparton, um, obviously Casey Fields out in um, Melbourne, Heidelberg. Yeah, that's, that's, that's almost regional Australia, though, Casey Fields. Yeah, I was going to say um, Olympic Park at Heidelberg is not uh, much better. Yeah. And then you actually have regional Australia with Coffs Harbour and the Central Coast and Wollongong getting a gig as well. So that's, um, that's pretty interesting um, that they've uh, opted for or that there are so many uh, available spots, especially considering um, so many of them are in New South Wales, which I find super interesting. Consi- like... I know that New South Wales have two venues, but um, you would say that, like, yes, the finals are there, but are all of the teams going to be based there for the pre-camps? It's 
it's uh yeah, it's a bit weird. But yeah, as you say, Stefan, disappointing that Canberra didn't get a run. Um, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the light rail unfortunately taking up the priority. Yep. Yeah. The, the other two venues were uh, Deakin Stadium and McKellar Park that they uh, that they put mm. their home in the hat for. Mm. So yeah, unfortunately, which, uh, which again is a bummer. Yeah, Chababi no. not getting Deacon Stadium over the line. No. no. Um, so uh, I've got to do our obligatory shout out to uh, number two sports ground in Newcastle, or as we love to call it on Beyond 90, Cheryl Salisbury Field. So that'll be used, I think. Uh, certainly Dale and I do love going up there for A-League women games, and may- maybe I can, maybe we can do it this season. Also, oh, another one I would just like to, to, to call out, um, Avenger Park in Melbourne possibly the best name of any training venue in the history of the World Cup. Um, fantastic. Wait. Avenger Park. It's a venue-specific training site in Melbourne alongside Lakeside Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never heard of this venue before, and it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Avenger Park. I hope it's named after somebody and it's not like Avenger Park. I'll be very annoyed by this. <laughs> oh, no, it's Avondale's, it's Avondale's home ground. Oh, yes, oh there Avengers. you go. Oh, well, there yeah, of course. Sense. No, fantastic. I had no idea that it was named that. No, that's great. Avenger Park, I'm here for it. Yeah, wonderful. Also, um, I don't know if it was you that um, put this in our group chat, the Sydney-based writers group chat, Dale, but uh, ES Marks Athletic Field, someone flagged that as an interesting choice, shall we say. Yeah, I think it was uh, Nick yeah. Amy's who mentioned that. Um, I can see why it's there. It's right next to the it's right next to the football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I understand. I mean, you may as well be paying playing on the paddock next door. Let's be perfectly honest. But hey, it's there. They could okay. they should have just trained at the SCG. That's only used once every second week. This doesn't the AFL doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, Let's play there. And I mean, it's back like the SCG could probably fit two teams or three teams on there because it's yeah, yeah, big exactly. being obviously exactly right. a cricket ground. Yes. Now let's move on and unhappy scenes uh, in Spain and what the Guardian called a mutiny as uh, 15 footballers, including some massive names in both uh, Spanish and world football, refusing to play because uh, really issues with uh, the head coach Jorge Vilda have come to an head. So gentlemen, I mean, I'll leave this open to you, but uh, it's thoughts. Uh, thoughts, please, but also this is not good for a World Cup favorite. Baffling. I mean, um, this isn't the first, and you're right. This isn't the first time that it's happened. They got rid of a, a coach. Uh, I think it was three or four seasons ago because of fairly similar allegations around player welfare and player treatment. So, um, you know, there are a number of, uh, as you say, fifteen players. Um, who are involved in this and um, considering the successes that Spain has had specifically at club level, but um, you know, they made the quarterfinals of the Euros, they made the round of 16 at the last women's world cup, obviously a, uh, a national team on the rise. Um, hopefully it's sorted out relatively quickly. Cause I don't think the RFEF want this kind of thing going into, uh, especially going into a mm. new champions league campaign for Barcelona, but also going into uh, a world cup year as well. Yep. Yeah, it shows a certain level of disrespect, I think, too, because some of these players are definitely up there with some of the best players in the world now, and uh, they're not giving them their, their due by um, by just putting their foot down, saying that you're being immature as a group. So, mm. yeah, not not good, not great. And uh, the only thing I was going to say is that if this was 15 Spanish men's players, 
this would have been resolved in minutes. Not oh, hours. yeah. Well, actually, it wouldn't have come to... It wouldn't have got to this point in the first place. No. But had, had the st- such a statement um, been um, issued, it yeah, would have... Yeah, you could you could have timed it, timed the response well, time it basically. I mean, I think that like even it, the point that you make around um, it would have been solved more quickly. I I think you're right. I don't even think it would have come to this point. Yeah. The 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 players union, the the Spanish players union, in terms of the men's players, have so much more power mm. um, in terms of not necessarily selecting the coach, but then being able to dictate what they want in terms of training and how they're treated and things like that. But I also think that like. Those players, if you think about the, the the corresponding players in the men's team, they would have just made themselves unavailable for selection, and that would have been news in itself. Yeah, um, you've seen players do that in the past. Like a, one player that I can think of, obviously, is Roy Keane, very famously did that in oh, the two thousand two yes. World Cup. Um, but also players like uh, Eric Cantona made himself unavailable for France in the mid nineties because he didn't agree with the way that the mm. team was being coached. Didn't help with the fact that they then went and won the World Cup about. 18 months later, but that's kind of by by. But as you say, I don't think that it even would get to this point. It would just be like, okay, we're going to bring everybody into a room and hash it out, and the coach is probably going to be given the green curtain. But yeah, uh, it's quite distressing um, for players to have to do this in 2022 to withdraw their labour in the sense that they, that they feel. Um, and, and I mean, the 15 is only the players who are available at the moment because Alexia Puteas is involved in this as well. They've 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 all said that we're not going to put up with this anymore, and, and more power to them. I think. Yeah, I totally agree. More power to the players because player welfare is paramount. Let's move on to happier news. Um, Canberra today, as of the time of recording, wonderful timing by uh, the team in green have released their new playing kits for the. Uh, upcoming A-League women campaign and of course it would be remiss of me to go first so uh, either either one of you uh, thoughts on the new kit Stefan I'd love to hear your take <laughs> well at first blush it's uh, we've only seen the home jersey by the way not, not, not the away jersey but at first blush it looks very similar to the home jersey from last year but if you they put out a subsequent post which um, points out some of the detail changes and uh, it's it's a it, it, it changes your mind a bit, I think, about what you're seeing. So the, some of the detail we're seeing is is beaut. There's a First Nations inlay in the top part of the jersey, as as modelled by Nicole, Nikki Flannery and Grace Ma today. And um, there's also a, a pride um, detail down down the side, which is a which is an awesome inclusion. So so yeah, they've got the new also the new logo, obviously in the, on the jersey. Um, and I think there's perhaps a very um, small extra thin green stripe at the top above the white mm. strip. So, uh, and maybe is the green trim around the sleeve the same? I, I can't quite remember, but um, yeah. quite, quite certainly the first blush. Let me get my Ilioski jersey and, and yeah. tell you. So just, this yeah. is not going to make for great podcasting, but you, uh, this is, this is a fantastic uh, audio medium that we are yes. using so, in these discussions. <laughs> it, it is, it, to me, and, and I know that I was pretty critical of the of the jersey last year because it was a direct ripoff of the Sharks NRL jersey mm-hmm. from a couple of seasons ago. But like, it looks like I think that with this, they've taken the time. ISC obviously they took the time this season to kind of make a much more bespoke design, mm-hmm. and I think that that's super important. Canberra obviously being the only only women's team in the league um, and or only sorry women's only team in the league. I think that also they get that like the I don't know what the merch numbers are like, like in terms of sales, but I feel like they do enough to kind of 
warrant having something like this. It's still relatively templatey, but you know, it allows them a little bit of creative sense um, to put those details on there. I think it 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 looks it much nicer than last year. It's just the simple details, as he says, <coughs> stuff and the you know the 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 thickness of the line all the way across the top in terms of the the v the chevron and then the little detail above it the first nations design on it is lovely and yeah um i, I will withhold my judgment in terms of the away and goalkeepers kits but no no complaints from here so far that's good yeah the, the merch numbers among the three of us alone is quite massive <laughs> yes. yeah <laughs> yes. i did also notice the numbers on the back in the Ooh, yes. uh yeah so uh the numbers on the back are actually the same font or same uh, detail as the A-League's uh, fontage. Um, so I wonder whether there will be a new font on jerseys this season, which by my count would be five jersey number fonts in the 13 seasons that the women's competition has been around, which is indecisive to say the least. Yes. Um, having um, compared my Ilioski jersey to the um publicity photos featuring you know nikki flannery and grace Marr, two players who were happy to be involved in the publicity shoot despite their facial expressions in said yeah. photos they I'm were, sure they were. Have, yeah. um so it's got less uh white uh there's much less white this season compared to last season actually i think i like it it's a bit less busy and a bit more canberra while still retaining the black on top uh, green underneath the theme and i do like the sleeves the little green th- trim on the sleeves is also uh very nice but and will and uh, will i be buying one from um the merch van at merch place at mckell park on november 19th well yes obviously because i've asked the question so that's something for me oh, to good. look forward to and also looking forward to see what what other um what other merchandise they have there for the season but let's move on and to uh dub news before we get to the or a-league women news before we get to the uh list of signings firstly um there's been news of an official tipping competition uh run uh from the apl so uh, for um, tipping and fantasy but also this is the good time to shout out our friends at she plays so uh ben laws will be uh working hard once again to uh, create uh, really what is one of my favorite uh tipping competitions because it basically allows me to um uh demonstrate my fanboying in the form of a starting 11 plus four substitutes. So uh, great, great work there. And uh, we will be happy at Beyond 92 promote uh, She Plays uh, closer to the start of the season when they've um, had some time to uh, get get their platform up and running and, and updated with all of the new players for the upcoming season. But speaking of, mm-hmm. uh, I think we've all got the the latest week's signings in front of us. So I'll go first. I do love um, Melbourne City um, maintaining their New South Wales uh, Futsal Premier League alum, alumni quota by signing Briley Henry, formerly of Western Sydney Wanderers. And and they've also announced uh, the retention of her Inner West Magic Futsal Club teammate, Rihanna Policina. So that caught my eye. Uh, just, we'll just briefly touch on Sydney FC because there's plenty of time to talk about these two later. Um, the expected and really obvious re-signings of Courtney Vine and Jada Wyman. And then um, for their crosstown rivals, I love seeing um, uh, Ella Abdulmasi from the Junior Matildas uh, um, getting another go. She's uh, Institute, uh, Football New South Wales Institute have uh, given her, played her in a few different positions. So like central midfield, fullback, center forward. So um, perhaps they're still trying to establish her best position, but it's good to see her, good to see Ella being exposed to a lot of things. But uh, so, um, what, 
But Stefan and Dale, what caught your eye with this week's signings? Uh, the really, really the one that caught my eye was Margot Rubine, um, Canberra United, losing her experience, and she was a good inclusion, I thought, last year amongst mm. the, uh, the younger heads there, and uh, had a pretty, pretty solid season. So I think everyone was uh, more than happy with with her being with us last season. So she's a loss, and she's heading up to Brisbane Raw. So uh, I, I think it's their game, really. Um, so yeah, I think we're probably short a couple of midfielders in the Canberra list so far. So. Uh, be very interesting to see uh, what's revealed in the last six or so that get uh, get named for us. How about you, Dan? Yeah, Rabine for one was was me for Canberra last year. She played her role. I mean, she got limited minutes, but when she was on the park, she was a very high impact player. Um, one for me, obviously, I think that stands out is Amy Harrison going back to yes. Wanderers, uh, who famously scored uh, in that five nil win at uh, what was then Bankwest. Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, also interested to see how Tegan Allen goes um, among what is generally a pretty young squad at the Jets. Yes. Um, they've signed Chloe Vandalau and Lucy Johnson as well. Um, but yeah, I think the the Rabin and the Harrison ones for me, I think they're going to be really important players in their setup. Harrison, I think, like if you look back at that game, I mean, it feels like God, it feels like it was forever ago now. It does. Um, I think that was in the before times as well. So uh, the like Harrison's inclusion in that team, I think will be super interesting where she plays, how she plays. Um, obviously she's, she's here now. Um, so yeah, be, be interested to see how she fits into that team and how, how they're uh, kind of uh, how they're set up under that new coaching structure that they've got as well. And keen to make an impression because uh, Amy Harrison previously of PSV in the Netherlands, but by no means a regular starter. So I think she will be keen for the game time and obviously good enough mm. to get that at the Wanderers. Just looking at this, it was a shame that um, our Molly Appleton couldn't uh, join us for tonight's pod, but um, by thinking of her, I have to shout out the announcement of not one, but two Tasmanians to be playing in A-League women this season. So Dale's already mentioned the uh, Newcastle Jets retaining energy, energetic midfielder Lucy Johnson, but also a Tasmanian first-timer, certainly something you don't see too often. Adelaide United have signed a goalkeeper, Jenna Farrow, who, oh, I hope I get this right, um, moved to the mainland and has excelled enough for South Melbourne to catch the eye of the Reds. So, yeah, like it is Tasmania uh, often forgotten part of the country when it comes to sport. And I'm not just talking about football, just generally. I mean, speaking. in general, it's, yeah. you know, it's forgotten yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's our New Zealand. Sometimes it just doesn't show up on maps. I'm not complaining about that, but sometimes it happens. Yes. I uh, just like to uh, re- remind everyone that the views expressed by Dale Roots are not necessarily the views of Eric Sabiano, <laughs> Stefan Mobis, or Beyond 90 as a whole. I just, just I distance myself. They are not the views of my employer or this book. <laughs> Um, also, I like the shout out there for Chloe Willander, who's um, another junior Matilda, and she's really impressed mm. me whenever I've seen her for the Emerging Jets Academy. Also, um, as I like to keep it lighthearted, uh, Western United announcing Harriet Withers, and as I Dale um, saw me um, point out earlier, um, Harriet Withers completing the Melbourne A League Women trifecta at the earliest possible opportunity. Uh, City That's victory like now. Western four United. years. That's amazing. It's efficient. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, good, good luck to her, I say. Um, she's obviously not making many friends around the traps in Victoria. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, but, yeah, it'd be um, interesting to see how they go. They've got a whole bunch of signings now. So Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, Harriet Rithers, as a college Matildas legend, does have the love of uh, Lockie France, friend of Beyond 90. And really, do you need anything else? Probably. Yeah, I think that's, the, that's, the, that's what we all strive for. 
Yes. Okay, so let's uh, move on. And um, it's looking um, at the segment I'm going to call Polly's Palace um, because of a suggestion by uh, uh, one of our listeners. We received it on Twitter, Simon Roos, a Melbourne Victory fan. So named, of course, in honor of Polly Doran. He didn't, he didn't suggest what Polly's Palace would be about, but since uh, Polly Doran plays for Crystal Palace, and that's, of course, in the United Kingdom, I've decided, I'll see how Cheryl feels about this, that Polly's Palace is what is will be our roundup of things going on in the United Kingdom. So we'll start with the FAWSL, and given the events of last season, I'll let I'll let you have first go, Dale, because I know what you want to talk about from the weekend. Uh, yeah, really impressive performance by Arsenal against Spurs this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. I must say, uh, just really glad to see Arsenal doing so well. No, um, I, you know, I kind of got to start there because it's they they start the alphabet. So, um, Arsenal four 0 winners over Spurs. Um, they, uh, Caitlin Ford got an assist. Um, there were thousands of people there. I think they sold twenty five thousand tickets to that game. Um, yes. at the Emirates. So good on them. Kai Simon got a run as well. Um. Chelsea with a 2-0 win over Man City. Sam Kerr got started and got 90 minutes. Um, but Manchester City, <clears throat> yeah, look, um, they need to find something bigger to to plug the hole in the bottom of the boat with because they are awful at the moment, um, which is no thanks, uh, obviously no fault of the players that are there at the moment. Um, the Australian players, Fowler, Kennedy and Rasso. Um, I have grave concerns for that team, unfortunately. I don't think they'll go down, but they're going to be mediocre at the end of this season, I feel. Um, Leicester uh, with a 2-0 defeat by Aston Villa at home. Emily Gilnick getting on the score sheet for the Villa. Uh, West Ham 2-0 defeat at home against Manchester United. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold got 90 minutes started, got 90 minutes there. Brighton and Hove Albion, two, Reading, one. Uh, but the game of the week, very clearly, uh, Liverpool, nil, Everton, three. Um, pretty dominant performance by Everton. Claire Wheeler, unfortunately, not on the match card, so didn't get any minutes. But I was super impressed with Everton's performance. Um, they played well enough to keep Hannah Benison on the on the pine for probably 60 minutes. Um, so, again, they were pretty dominant. Um, Liverpool didn't do themselves any favours. They had a number of really good opportunities. Katie Stengel had a pretty good opportunity that she put up into the into the cop, which wasn't great, but um, another win for them. I think Liverpool uh, uh, mid-table, Everton thereabouts as well. Um, and I'll shoot through the Scottish WPL just because I can. Uh, Glasgow City with a 2-0 win over Hearts. Celtic with a... 3-0 win away at Aberdeen. Um, just having a quick look through as well. Rangers got a 4-0 win over Motherwell as well. Um, yep. So, yeah, uh, Rangers top of the league at this point. It's it's super weird because, like, the WSL is only in its second week. Obviously, they had the week off for the Queen stuff. But um, Scotland already, like, six rounds in. Um, and Glasgow City, Celtic, and Rangers are perfect million, records at this point. A million yeah. points ahead of everyone else. Yeah, as they're, they're already they're already nine points ahead with six games played. So look, what can you do? Um, yes. But yeah, FA Championship, um, Eric. This is your area of expertise. This is my area. So let's start with the um, the player lovingly lovingly known as the world's greatest right back, Pozadoza, or Polly Doran, to be a bit more formal. And uh, Polly played a full game as Crystal Palace. Defeated Blackburn Rovers three one away. So the other the other two Australians in uh, the championship uh, both play at Lewis FC and starts for both Isabel Dalton and Libby Copus Brown. Izzy Dalton opened, I think she opened the scoring from the penalty spot, but uh, Lewis couldn't hold on to their two 
nil leads and were pegged back. So it finished two all between them and Sheffield United. And wait, that they're the team with the amazing. Yes, they're the team that plays home games at the Dripping Pan, which is on a, like one yes. of the greatest ground names in sport. Um, also, just going back to that uh, Merseyside derby just how good to uh dale to do your local rivals three nil on their own patch as well and on a personal note i'm delighted to see irish international courtney brosnan keep a clean sheet despite one heart attack moment where she just decided to let the ball bounce over her head in the six yeah box. that gave me great yeah. gave me great pause for thought and i never want to see anything like that again we'll also yeah. say first i feel like this is the first everton senior team to win at Anfield since 1999, but I could Ooh, be wrong. I it's been a long, it sounds been a long right, time. The men, Kevin yeah. Campbell was the last player to score a that, winner that's there. That's the name I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah he has. Look, I was ages. still in short pants at that point, so that's yeah. gone well into the uh, well into the memory bank. Um, I'll do a quick run through of Europe as well, just because we can. Um, Eli Carpenter's Leon 3-1 winners away in Montpellier. Um, PSG 2-1 winners at Fleury. Unfortunately, Lydia Williams on the pine for that game with Sarah Buhardi coming in, which is a bit of a well, bummer. I didn't think that this was going to happen because Buhardi's been a bit out of favour in French football for a little bit now, um, which is a bummer. But again, um, you know, it's good to have competition for places. Um, in Italy, Joe Montemuro's Juventus got a 1-1 draw away at Sassuolo. Uh, Anna Margraf's uh, Meppen went down 1-0 at Essen in the German Frauen Bundesliga. Uh, in Switzerland, we had a 2-1 win for Tessa Tampon's Servette over Grasshopper Zurich. Uh, unsure what the situation is with Tess. Um, haven't seen her on the score sheet, but that doesn't mean anything at this stage. Swiss League is a little funny with a promo. Uh, and in the Swiss second division, uh, Alex Gummer's Thunberner Oberland beat Erlikon Polizei. Um, good to see the police. police just randomly playing um, football. Yeah, um, there is a Met Police in the English FA Cup yeah. as well. Uh, but they won four. They won five one away. And Spartak Subotica going on another holiday to Kinyasha uh, with a six 0 win, uh, just for the fun of it. Uh, yes, why not? And if you follow the Serbian Women's Super League, you'll know six nil on the lower end. Yeah, it's a below average margin of victory for. They might have. They might have walked off at halftime and just, you know, <laughs> and just sent three or four players back out after the half. Yes, the but uh, there, that's still uh, more good feelings for um, the shall we say the couple of lost Aussies there, Vesna Milivojevic and yes. Tyler J Vlinic, who has been announced by as a Western United player, but still playing for Spartak Subotica, a situation which confuses me greatly. But moving mm. on, and on to, I think, one of the best and certainly most unique parts of Beyond 90s uh, coverage, which is, of course, uh, our uh, coverage of all the Aussies playing in the Nordic leagues, uh, something which was definitely not started as an excuse to cover Canberra United players. But Stefan... That's, uh, this is certainly your area of expertise, and I've um, annexed a little corner of it as well. But if you could please take us away with um, events in Norway. I was going to say, it's nice to have someone along with in an area of expertise in the Nordic leagues, Eric. So, yeah. Um, starting off at, uh, in, in Norway, where it was uh, round three of the playoffs, the Champions group did not play this week. I think it's probably due to the proximity with the Champions League mm-hmm. playoffs recently. But in the relegation group, uh, it's the game I watched last night. LSK Gavina uh, had a two-all draw away to Cole Botten. And the the news of interest, I guess, to Aussie fans is that Fiona Woods is back on the scene. She was on the bench, didn't get game time, 
but she has been popping up in in social media posts and looking like she's not far off um, getting getting back into into action there. So there's not that many games left though in the league uh, in the in these playoffs. So uh, hopefully she gets a couple in two or three games in before before they finish up in Norway for the year. Has Fiona already been announced by Adelaide for next season? Yes, I think she has. Yes. Yeah. And um, yes, it was also, just to clarify in case you did miss this, yes, we know Fiona works as English, but she is also the reigning Julie Dolan medalist and we feel obliged to cover her. So uh, just as I quickly uh, run through, because I have massive oversight on my half while my part while I was enjoying the cycling world champs, um, just going to off the cuff run through uh, last week's Champions League qualifiers and see if I can remember the teams that have Aussies. So uh, Joe uh, Montemurra's Juventus with a, a one-all away draw in the first leg of their qualification tie against uh, Koya. I'm going to pronounce that from Denmark, but it's the number one team in Denmark, the defending champion. So a good result for them away from home. And you think Juventus would be the favorites for um the second leg, which of course is in Italy in a couple of days' time. Let's see, there's Aussies at Arsenal. They drew two hall at home to Ajax. So that one's really in the balance and that's a tough tie there. Okay, that's the, unfortunately a lot of the Aussies got knocked out in the first round, but ah, yes, uh, Aussies on both sides at um, Norwegian side, Brann and Swedish side, Rosengard. One all draw in Norway there. So another one that hangs in the balance and let's see. Sorry, Stefan, do Valo have an Aussie or have I got that confused with another Aussie? No, they do no. not. Okay, so the final one looks to be Lydia Williams PSG winning 2-1 at home to BK Hacken, which is, yeah, so Aussies on both sides there as well. So at the very least, mixed feelings because we'll, we're guaranteed to lose an Australian, but we're also guaranteed to have an Australian going through to the next round. So mm. then, um, yes, so I think, sorry if I interrupt, but uh, back to Sweden. Stephen, mm. because that seems to be the des- that well, definitely is the destination of choice for Australians this year. It is, yeah, and, and last year, to be honest. Um, yeah, so uh, round 21, um, I think there's 26 rounds, so still still five to go this year after this one. Uh, Remy Simpson played a full game in AIK's 2-1 loss to Eskils Tuna United. Um, Rosengard had a, had a busy time of it this week. Um, they had a 3-2 win against uh, Bitsio, which is where Polk's Mini and Charlie Grant play. So it's four Aussies all on the pitch and all played a full game. So um, probably one worthwhile seeing if you have a, have a, um, a subscription to Viaplay there. Um, it sounded like a good game too, narrow result. Um, Charlie picked up a yellow card in, in that game. Good work, Charlie. Love it. <laughs> yep. Um, Rosengard first and Vichio are currently eighth. Um, Hammerby with uh, three Aussies of their own are playing Lynn, Lynn Chirping tonight. Uh, that's a that's a five versus two game. So we'll report on, on that result next week. Um, Emma Checker played a full game for you, Mia, um, in their 3-1 loss against the Rebro. And finally, Ivy Lewick played a full game in uh, fourth place, BK Heckens, uh, win against uh, Bromma Pacana, who I think are towards the bottom end of the ladder. And I think they're about 12th the moment. Um, moving over to Iceland, um, second last round in, in Iceland, round 17. Um, Gemma Simon played 66 minutes for Throtter in their 5-0 win over KR Reykjavik. Um, neither Aussie, uh, Susan Fongsong-Cam or Margot Chavay were on, were on the team sheet for, for KR. 
they've been doing a tough this season, they're holding up the ladder, um, but Throtter's coming fourth at the moment, so going quite well. Um, Melina Ayres was an unused substitute in Breeder Blick's 2-0 loss away to Selfos. So a bit of a bit of a surprise, maybe. I know it was an away game, but uh, Selfos fifth and Breeder Blick uh, second. So um, they'll be hoping for better things next week. And passing the baton to you, Eric, yes. for Denmark. And, and in the interest of, after that, after my... Um, roast of Stefan earlier. Let's. I have to be open with the reason I've annexed Denmark to use my own terminology in terms of Nordic rap, and that's because Matilda McNamara plays in Denmark now. But so might as well start with uh, the defender we love to call Tilly Mac. So another full game for Matilda and dramatic scenes as AGF uh, scored a 91st minute equalizer to draw three all with Bronbu. Then uh, more good game time for the pair of, well, the one Aussie and the one lost Aussie at Fortuna Hearing. So uh, Hearing, they did lose 2-0 uh, away to Colding Q, which is, I think, a little bit of a surprise given the general standing of the two teams. But another full game for Angie Bid, Indy and uh, Kiwi International, India Page Riley started and played 65 minutes. So unfortunately, no game time for Winona Heatley, who's at FC Nordschland, and they lost uh, 1-0 to um, the league leaders, HB Koya. So that is Denmark, and then I might as well carry on with the NWSL. So um, yes, it's, it is sometimes hard to keep up with US sports, given the way they tend to schedule these, but... Um, so uh, Alex Chidiak's racing Louisville. They firstly lost 3-0 uh, to the Portland Thorns, but then they had a 3-1 away win against Angel City uh, with Alex Chidiak scoring from the spot. And I think it may have been a friend of Beyond 90, Kieran Yap, that pointed out, well, a Matilda that can score from the spot. Start her, please. And so <laughs> I think it is good. It's good to see them um, convert from 12 yards. Also, uh, not, not great news for Chelsea Dolbers, Chicago Red Stars. They also lost 3-0 to Portland Thorns. Uh, but Chloe Legazzo's Kansas City Current beat Washington Spirit 3-0. And then uh, finally, Emily Van Egmont's San Diego Wave drew 2 all with Orlando Pride, who I believe is one of Van Egmont's former clubs. Or is that? That is correct. That's correct. She, and, went to San Diego, uh, she went to San Diego from there. Yep. And um, I'm going to assume that Emily Van Egmont played another full game because that seemed to be the theme of her time at Wave, which is certainly good to see. Now, on to state football. And of course, Stefan, you have so, so much to talk about. So while I quickly scramble to have something to say about NPL Queensland, take us through the preliminary final between basically the two great rivals of NPL Capital Football, Belconnen United and Canberra Croatia. Yes, it's, uh, the final series has been amazing this year. Um, so you'll recall last week that there was a deluge and um, amazing game between Canberra Olympic and um, Canberra Croatia where Olympic um, got away in, in extra time uh, in amazing conditions to, uh, to take the one and, and reach the grand final. So the game yesterday up, up at Riverside Stadium after a couple of schedule changes um, was was between these two teams where Belconnen United had beaten Canberra Croatian last outing. Canberra Croatia, of course, been the last six or so grand finals, and certainly the um, the, the grand final winners the last last couple of years. Not to mention the champions. Um, so quite amazing scenes here too. Um, similar to to last week, Canberra Croatia found themselves three goals down uh, fairly early on. Uh, Belconnen was ahead 3-0 inside 20 minutes. I'll just get the goal scorers. It was 
uh, Kira Bobbin, Sophia um, Pollywater, and Olivia Bomford all on the score sheet inside 20 minutes. And that seems to be perhaps um, that they've done this the last couple of times they've played against uh, Canberra Croatia. They've got, got early goals and then have had to soak up a ton of pressure as as Canberra Croatia come back into the game. And that's that's sort of the, that was the pattern yesterday as well. Um, so it was three all at full time with um, all the all the game pretty much going in Canberra Croatians way in the in the second half and they um, got got they got a penalty first in the 28th minute for a handball in the box. Uh, Beck Keating scored in the second half and substitute Shania Seton scored uh, with 10 minutes to go to, to level things up again incredibly. So from 3-1 down in a prelim final and they went into um, into 15 minutes each way of extra time, which which was again pretty stunning. Um, Jenny Bissett had come on as a uh, as a substitute in the second half. I think she'd taken a knock last week in that game against uh, Canberra Olympic and had a fantastic um, game for the rest the rest of the um, rest of the final, scoring in the 98th minute in the first period of um, of um, of extra time, or maybe it's just the beginning of the second period. But anyway. Um, the game was then at 4-3 and Belconnen United captain Talia Backhouse took the game by the scruff of her neck in incredible scenes with, with about 90 seconds to go or in the last, she scored within 90 seconds in the last two minutes. Um, she first took a, a dead ball uh, free kick outside the penalty area, about 25 out. Um, the team was quite clever, Belconnen, how they set up, they, they, they pushed well, Canberra, Canberra Croatia allowed them to to defend quite high up the park near the keeper, which crowded the keeper from seeing the ball. And, and Backhouse put an amazing strike in to uh, hit top left corner to bring it to four all. And then in the final, one of the final actions of the game, there was a corner kick to to um, Bill Connor United. And remembering that they'd soaked up pressure from pretty much from the first 30 minutes right up until... Uh, the second period of extra time. Backhouse just rose and and sheer determination after 120 minutes got ahead on somehow onto a onto a corner which she had no right to do um, given the levels of exhaustion exhaustion they must have all felt. So really leading the way for her team and, and getting her team over the line. So incredible scenes for the second week in a row in this Canberra competition, which uh, you know, it's just been really top-notch viewing for uh, for much of the season, and uh, it's really really nice to see. So, it sets sets up a big grand final next Saturday at Deakin State Stadium, where the Chavapis will be flowing, and uh, three o'clock on 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 Saturday um, between Belconnen United and Canberra Olympics. So, um, it'll be very interesting um, to see how those two two teams go up against each other. So, yeah. I put in the Sydney group chat earlier today. It's Belcon in 2021 versus Belcon in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, I'm really looking forward to reading your write-up of that game. It sounds incredible. I'm not sure I'm going to look forward to actually editing it, but given all yeah. that's happened, but certainly <laughs> looking forward to reading it once, reading it through. Um, 
and then NPL Queensland. So uh, our usual, uh, one of our usual panel, uh, Magella Card of Matilda's Active Support fame couldn't be here because she is actually in Sydney and thoroughly enjoying uh, the Women's World Cup basketball. Uh, good mm. on her. But um, in her absence, I have to acknowledge the NPL Queensland Grand Final and uh, Lions FC completing an incredibly dominant season by beating uh, Gold Coast United the small matter of six goals to nil. So a hat-trick for Tegan Riding, who has averaged more than a goal a game this season. Amy Gunston also on the score sheet, and and as well as a couple of names familiar to A-League women fans. So Aisha Nori and Amariel Hecker, a, a woman close to my heart because she loves futsal so much. She flew down. She used to fly down from Brisbane Weekly to play in um, the New South Wales Futsal Premier League. So, yeah, uh, Lions FC, really, um, there was the expectation, but they've certainly done it in a convincing manner, and congratulations to all of them. So that leaves us just uh, for our Queens of the Week. I'll start with uh, something suggested by um, our Neil Bennett, who has done a wonderful job covering um, NPL Western Australia this season and now is taking a well-deserved break by holidaying around Europe. He's uh, certainly earned that. And he wanted to give a shout out to Nicola Williams. Um, we like to talk about, uh, we, we, for obvious reasons, focus on Australians uh, Australians playing overseas, but we can't forget about the coaches. So um, Joe Montemura, we try to shout out as often as possible. Tanya Oxtobi is also overseas. And Nicola Williams uh, furthering her coaching career by taking on an assistant coaching role at uh, FAWSL side Leicester City. So good on her. But then I think, uh, Stefan, um, you also were very good and uh, had a Queen of the Week already typed in. So who was it? Yeah, my coin of the week is um, Canberra United Academy under 14 goalkeeper Georgia Ritchie. Um, Georgia saw some time in the uh, in the top grade this year, so which was which is really good to see. Obviously, very talented. Took out the um, the goalkeeper of the tournament award at the NYC Na- National Youth Championships at Coffs Harbour last week um, in the under 14 grade. So uh, Georgia is also the daughter of Helen Ritchie, who looks at who. Oh, is she? Play. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She runs oh, every play and does a wonderful job. Handles all the uh, all the merch for uh, the Cambria United um, yeah team the last couple of years and is doing doing an amazing job. So yeah, quite a, a very talented family across the board. But uh, well done, Georgia, and uh, yeah, got a f- massive future ahead of you. So uh, can't wait to see where that goes. And can I say, well, that, that was a nice surprise. Thanks so much for pointing that out, Stefan. And um, Helen Ritchie certainly, I think, a big factor in me having as many Cambria United jerseys as I do because she's uh, wonderful to deal with. And I would strongly recommend um, the service you get from Helen Ritchie and even even playing field when you buy Cambria United uh, merchandise is absolutely first class. But uh, that's enough of my um, nuffery, at least for now. Uh, so, Dale, who is your queen slash king slash non-binary legend of the week? Uh, on the topic of the Women's Champions League, I want to give a shout out to uh, Voskla Poltava, who used to be known as Shutlobod to Kharkiv, uh, the Ukrainian champions from 2021. Uh, they're competing in the Champions League this year. They had a one-all draw against Vlajnia from uh, Albania. Um, unfortunately, obviously, with all the stuff that's going on in Ukraine at the moment, they're playing all of their games away. Um, they've also moved from Kharkiv, which is still uh, in a bit of a way with the war over there. Um, so they've actually moved to another city. They've packed the club up and moved to a town by the, or city by the name of Poltava, which is in a different part of the world, away from the bombardment that's undergoing, uh, been 
uh, been going on over there. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty special um, for them to be able to. Well, it will be pretty special if they can make the group stage, but uh, a pretty a pretty great result considering all things. Uh, but yeah, they're my queens of the week, and good luck trying to find highlights of that game because yes. I feel like the game f- at the Laura Borici Stadium in Skoder in Albania may not have had the greatest of audiovisual setups for that uh, fixture, unfortunately. Yes, it would be. Um, I, I suspect, with the greatest respect to them, it's gonna make would be something that would make me stop complaining about NPL TV. Yeah, <laughs> might be might be lucky to get 360p uh, vision out of that game, unfortunately. Yes. Okay, and uh, my queen of the week, I'm going back to Polly's Palace and back to one of Polly Doran's teammates. So Elise Hughes scored a hat trick as Crystal Palace uh, defeated Blackburn Rovers 3 1 in the FA Championship, the game we mentioned earlier. So a hat trick away from home, always a good achievement. And Elise Hughes making sure that uh, Crystal Palace are flying high in the early stages of the FA Championship, but there's still a long way to go in that campaign, of course. And so that, I think, is pretty much the end of episode 115. Uh, of the Beyond 90 podcast. So, sorry. Quick, sh- quick, quick shout out to Madge, who's uh, enjoying all the basketball, the, the the World Cup basketball, and go the Opals. Mm. They're yes. playing yeah, big right against, uh, yeah, yes. and, and I mentioned Lockie France. I'll shout, um, shout out to him as well. He's managed to land some media work for the World Cup, and uh, he's a man who's very passionate about women's sports, uh, be it uh, football, basketball, handball. <laughs> whatever he cycling he's he he somehow he's, somehow manages to cover it all i don't yeah he's there or thereabouts with any sport to be honest yeah I, yeah but yeah so i'm glad to see uh it's good to see uh the friends of beyond 90 um certainly living it up at any kind of world sporting championship but yeah that's the end of this episode so um uh thanks uh once again to cheryl for making the bizarre bizarre decision to let me host this pod but i certainly appreciate it let's see if it happens again at some point and um on behalf of stefan movis and del roots uh yeah this is eric subihano we're signing off for, for this episode so uh take care of yourselves tell your loved ones how much they mean to you uh get more tattoos and if you're a player maybe you'll maybe i'll see you on the futsal court razzling this summer but uh that, that's the end of episode 115 see you next time Thank you.